Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. O heavenly King, the comfort of the Spirit of truth, watch over our present and fillest all things. Treasure your blessings and giver of life. Come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls, a good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I mentioned, we're not going to go a full hour today, partly because part of Catechesis is actually doing the thing. So we just did the blessing of the water, uh, which took, obviously, extra time. And I've heard, partly because of doing the blessing of the water, all the kids get amped up. <clears throat> and the parents get amped up because of the kids. So we're going to try to make this like 30, 40 minutes, okay? <clears throat> what I'd like to do <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> is go through uh, the prayers that we did. Um, so let's step back a second before doing that. Uh, who has ever celebrated Theophany before? But not like this. Not like this, but Ooh. theophany. So, yeah, so do you mean like epiphany? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, what are the themes different. of epiphany? Baptism of the Lord. Baptism of the Lord. What's the other main theme? The Isn't there another? The three wise men, That's right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and I, I think uh, is the bigger commemoration the three wise men. Yeah. Because that's what, at least that's what it seems to me from the, on the outside, not having been on the inside of it. Because uh, I was talking to Miles, having been an Anglican priest before, and just saying, like, what do they do in the West? Because they would typically basically do what the Roman Church did, at least the Anglo-Catholic type variant of Anglicanism that he was in. Um, and they have a water blessing, cause, but it's at Easter mm-hmm. is when they would do it. Uh, but not in the same way with Theophany. So Theophany in the Eastern Church, the Greek-speaking church, was historically tied to Christmas. They were the same commemoration, right? They were the same feast. Christmas came over, started being emphasized. Why do you think about the 4th century would Christmas suddenly become really important? What happened around the 4th century? There were some heresies being... Heresies, yeah. What specifically was like a major thing that happened? No, that's later. What? No, that's like 6th, 7th century. Arius? Arianism? Yes. Not Nazis, but Arius, right? He teaches that Jesus Christ is not fully God, fully man. Right? So you have the Council of Nicaea. So you have all the debates that then flow from after the Council of Nicaea. Uh, so what do you do? Partly, Rome, this, the Christmas actually came from Rome. Obviously, Jesus was born. This wasn't that they made something up out of thin air. And it has nothing to do with the uh, solstice or the sun god. It, it really has nothing to do with that. Uh, Christmas... Uh, starts and comes over actually to the east and they start celebrating it so you see some of the first homilies in the east about christmas is gregory uh and basil and john chrysostom because they start celebrating christmas but before if you read basil's homily on the nativity of christ which in there has almost every protestant uh argument about the virginity of mary didn't she consummate with joseph all that stuff he addresses all of that in that homily so these were live questions going way back, right? Uh, and at the end, where he's talking about you know the angels, the shepherds, almost all the themes that we sing uh, in uh, the feast of Christmas, which is one of the great things. Most of our feasts, if you are actually to read the fathers, and then you go to the service, 
and you hear what the service is saying and you go, wait a second, I read that somewhere. You would be right because very often uh, at Pascha, a lot of the canon is John of Damascus taking quotes from Gregory the Theologian's homily on Pascha and just arranging it like poetically because it's already poetic, but he arranges it and you're basically singing one of Gregory's homilies through the canon of Pascha. So, but John of Damascus put it together. So, what you get with uh, at the end of Basil's homily on uh, nativity, what does he call this feast? He calls the feast Theophany <laughs> because it is the revelation of Christ. So, when we get to Theophany, uh, this is, you can tell there's a uh, there's major feast of the church. So, like, for example, February 2nd, which kind of ends, you have this kind of feast of light and this uh, entry of Christ into his ministry with February 2nd being Christ entering into the temple. Uh, don't think about chronology, okay? It's just the way the structure of how it developed over time. Uh, but what you have uh, even... Sorry, my mind just... There is a, a great uh, importance attached to it. This is where I was going. Uh, theophany that makes February 2nd seem less. Theophany, what, what are the great themes that you heard in Theophany? Or things, we, and then we'll look at the, the prayer and find out. Hi, Ellie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she was constantly waving endlessly. Uh, what are themes of Theophany? Uh, coming together of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, so the revelation... Yeah. So, because what happens at the baptism and the, the gospel account, right? Son baptized, the, the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove, and the Father saying, this is my Son. In whom I am well pleased. Right. So you have the revelation of the Trinity. If Christmas is the revelation of Christ, the Messiah coming to the world, Theophany is Trinitarian, right? There's a lot of prophet themes going on, and we'll see that here in this prayer. Let's actually just jump in because otherwise, <laughs> I know a lot. Of, some of you are at different services, and there's a lot of varied services around Theophany. The structure of Theophany is basically the same as Christmas, which is also basically uh, Holy Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's a similarity. There's a Vesperal liturgy on Holy Saturday. There's the royal hours on Friday morning. That it's all similar. They're 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 rhyming with each other for a reason. So, let's go ahead and start. This actually, the very first prayer that you see, uh, it is something that can be done silently because uh, there are, if you don't know, in the liturgy, the priest has a lot of silent prayers. And some of them are specifically, they're silent because they're like private prayers for the priest to be and a lot of those prayers, and you'll see this come up in this prayer, is it's prayers of like, I'm a sinner, yet you've called me to do this thing for the sake of the people, so please don't let my sins and my problems in any way inhibit what is happening. Now, the church teaches nothing <laughs> that I do, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> will mess with or destroy the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the gifts, because I'm just... Puppet is not the right word. <laughs> I'm there. I, I'm fulfilling a role. It's not about me, but it is about the role that I am playing there. Uh, this was an early debate because very quickly, if you have experience with clergy, they're not perfect. 
So very early in the first few centuries of the church, they're like, okay, if the clergy, if the priest is up there calling down the Holy Spirit, uh, or, you know, confecting the Eucharist, cha- having a uh, thing, and they're kind of the guardians of it, the stewards of grace, uh, then there came all sorts of questions. The church just said, there's always going to be sin and clergy, just like there is in all humans, uh, but that does not negate the grace that is given from someone who approaches it with faith and fear and love of God to receive Holy Communion. I don't want to get sidetracked. Is it going to sidetrack? Well, is it, is it a question, probing deeper in, into what you said, a question about it. Go ahead, and I'll see. Okay, so uh, Rome, we have like form and matter that has to be correct for our sacrament to be valid. Right. It's like Do we talk that same way? I don't think so. No, we don't, but go ahead. So I was wondering, for example, when you're doing the prayers, if you, if you like say something wrong, do you have to say the sentence again? Like, like this is my body. If you skip, if I mess it up, I have to say it again. Okay. Yeah. If I mess it up by like <clears throat> doing that in the middle of it, I'm not going to say it again. But if I like said something wrong, <laughs> blasphemous, then yeah, I need to. In fact, there are with uh, priest books. Uh, you basically a but a, a bunch of what ifs. What happens if you uh, cut your hand and blood, your blood go, goes all over the bloodless sacrifice? You got to start over. There, there's all sorts of. I mean, there's even one that's like if say that you're doing the the Eucharist. I forget what exactly they tell you to do, but you see like Christ as a child, like, in the chalice, because this has happened. They don't just bring stuff up, they make stuff up, or on the patent. What do you do? They basically say, just pray and wait till it, it like, you don't see it anymore. <laughs> so there are, there are all sorts of things. Like, what if I died in the middle of the service? Like, the middle of the anaphora. The antiphons, I can die. And then another... But, like, if I died during the anaphora, we'd have to... Another priest, you would pause... And if there's another priest present, they'd have to start the, if I remember correctly, you start the anaphora over, or you have to start the liturgy all the way over again. Yeah. So, and there are, there was a priest uh, this past year in the OCA who was doing post-committee preparation for liturgy, and he dropped dead. So, and he was a younger guy. So, these are real things. These things happen. There have been, since, mm, I know of at least two or three bishops <laughs> since I've been Orthodox, not here in America, but in Greece or other places, who have died during the liturgy. That's a way to go, in my opinion. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Yeah, like, not to digress, but um, when you mentioned fear of the Lord prior, mm-hmm. um, babies are with like two fears, you know, like falling um, and so on. But, Fearing God is very different. Yeah. So how would you define that? I would fear, just like we say, uh, awful now, and we mean awful as in like that tastes disgusting, for example. But the historic thing of awful means full of awe. So fe- the fear of God is the basic recognition: you are God, and I am not God. You are the Creator. You, you are the Trinity, supreme in being, in goodness, Godhead, Almighty. Watch it. You are completely aware of that and your position in that. So it's not fear of like, dad's going to beat me. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not. fear. It's the awesomeness, the awfulness of God. The, the older word, the awful, <laughs> not the, but aw, the full of awe. So let's get into the prayer. Otherwise, because kids are going to revolt. 
So I'm going to go ahead and read this out loud. O Trinity, supreme in being and goodness and Godhead, Almighty who watches over all, invisible and comprehensible, maker of spiritual beings and rational natures, innate goodness, light that none can approach, and that lightens every man that comes into the world. Shine also upon me, thine unworthy servant. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding, that I may make bold to sing the praises of thy measureless beneficence and thy might. You can hear already. First, you can hear, what does this sound like? It sounds like the beginning of the anaphora prayer, doesn't it? An address to God that basically tries to describe God by saying, I can't describe you, right? And then it, that you are the creator, uh, that I can't describe you, and then help me to understand, or, you know, and it turns to, and you can see it's already going to uh, shine upon me, thine worthy servant, right? This is a priest prayer. May the prayer be acceptable that I offer here for the people here present. Let not my faults hinder thy Holy Spirit from coming to this place, but suffer me now uncondemned to cry to thee, O most good Lord, and say, We glorify thee, O Master, who lovest mankind, almighty, preternal King. We glorify thee, the Creator and Maker of all. We glorify thee, only begotten Son of God, born without father from thy mother, and without mother from thy father. In the preceding feast we saw thee as a child, while in the present we behold thee full grown. Our God made manifest, perfect God from perfect God. So you can already hear, again, it's still in that kind of anaphora language. We recognize who God is, then we glorify him, right? Uh, and now we are even kind of talking about salvation history, but we're talking about feasts. Like we were just did Christmas, now we see you fully grown and we're doing theophany. But this is uh, then creedal language. Where does perfect God from perfect God come from? Nicene Creed. I was going to say, we just talked about it, right? So, for today, the time of the feast is at hand for us. The choir of saints assembles with us, and angels joineth men in keeping festival. Today, the grace of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descended upon the waters. Today, the sun that never sets has risen in the world is filled with the splendor by the light of the Lord. So, today, 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 today. Why this repetition of today? Yes, if you're going to get Greek here, there's keron and there's keros, and there is, the keros is the type of time that is kind of always present. It's not chronological, right? Chronos, I say keron and keros. There's keros and there's chronos, right? Chronology, right? And then keros is this kind of presence of time that, we, I don't know if you feel like this in the liturgy, but there are times where it kind of feels timeless unless you have children probably <laughs> grabbing you, right? If you actually have the time and space, there's just kind of like time just kind of melts away and you're just present. And if it's not liturgy, you understand what I'm talking about, right? There is in uh, what we are doing, uh, this is exactly what we do with the Eucharist, right? The night in which you are given up, right? Uh, this is the same language. So we're saying today, this is all the things and we kind of go through the, the heavens, we kind of go through an order of what's happened. The uncreated of his own will accepts the laying on of hands from his own creature. Today the prophet and forerunner approaches the master, but stands before him trembling, seeing the condescension of God towards us. Today the waters of the Jordan are transformed into healing by the coming of the Lord. Today the whole creation is watered by mystical streams. Uh, I want to move down. If you see... Today, the bitter water, do you see that? It's a little a few lines down. 
as once with Moses and the people of Israel is changed to sweetness by the coming of the Lord. Today we've been released from the ancient lamentation. Uh, we have later on, I believe, if you turn the page, Elijah shows up here somewhere. If not here, it's in the themes. Yeah, sorry, it's in the next page where we hit. There is throughout, if you hear the rest of the hymnody of this feast, which is part of the reason in coming to as, as much as possible to vigil, to vesperal liturgy, uh, to uh, the liturgy of the day of, uh, that you are going to hear all of these threads that are brought out. It's a lot of Old Testament, right? What are some themes of water in the Old Testament that you can think of? The flood, which is fascinating. Does Noah show up at all? He doesn't show up in any of the prayers at all from this feast, which is fascinating. There are echoes of the flood, and that is exactly what I would think, because the dove, right? (laughs) Which goes, of course, to what hovers at the creation so you go all the way back, creation, right? Yeah. Who's hovering the voice over the waters? All of this creation, recreation. Same with the flood. That was a recreation. We're starting over again because the wickedness of man, the imagination of his heart is you know, evil always, right? Uh, but fascinating. There's one priest today specifically is like, Noah, why is Noah? Like, <laughs> but Noah, for whatever reason, I think because they're, they're picking up with John the Baptist a lot. So you get Moses and Joshua. You get Elijah and Elisha. So you get these pairs and they're prophetic pairs. And so I think that's why they're, they're stuck on those as opposed to bringing in Noah. Although Noah is obviously... Is, one, is he in the Old Testament readings? I don't think he's even in the Old Testament readings. Uh, I don't... I There's don't like 13 think, Old Testament so. readings at the Vesperal Liturgy. So I can't remember every <laughs> single one. I, I don't think so. There is the occasion where Moses throws in basically a cross into the water and makes the water sweet. Right, There is in all of this a whole bunch of Old Testament themes that you can see flowing through all of the Old Testament. One of the great, Isaiah is quoted a ton that you'll see that is the Old Testament readings that uh, was right before it was Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. Uh, Messianic fulfillment, what God has done. I'm surprised... I'm trying to remember there's Ezekiel from Vesperal Liturgy because Ezekiel has the living water coming from the temple and all of that language. Um, But what else does this remind you of as we're going through? I want to like the great are thou, Lord, and marvelous thy works, no words suffice to him thy wonders. That's my, there's different translations floating around. So I have something memorized once we get to the end of this prayer. There in the middle of the second page. And then we go on this long prayer at the the bottom of the second page. It's how God creates the angels. That we were under the tyranny of the devil and you did come and save us. We confess thy grace. We proclaim thy mercy. We hide not thy... What is this all? Yes. Uh, Yeah. It's in the Psalms. All of this language is from the Psalms. They're also, I think, it's, it's reference to Joshua crossing into the Promised Land when the waters part uh, and the flowing backwards. Today, I've heard this from many sources on Theophany, if you were to go, that the water does start flowing backwards when they start doing the prayers for Theophany. Uh, so, 
uh, and it's all through the Psalms. They're, 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 the things that we're singing, we're not just making up stuff. It's always quoting something. So I'd have to go back and look at the specific because I don't remember off the top of my head the specifics. I hope you can understand that as we... <laughs> the, the cornucopia of things going on here. It's hard to keep track of every single strand. What is this second prayer where the, the prayer does, the, uh, the priest does this out loud? What does it sound like? Even direct quotes. You can't say anything. Uh-huh. This might just be the fact that you haven't been to one yet. But this sounds a lot like something else. No. Some, yes. Joel, louder in the front. Baptism. <laughs> this is almost direct quotes from the service of baptism. Why do you think that is? <laughs> the, the four elements... That the, we hymn, we confess Thy grace, we proclaim Thy mercy. The 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 whole structure of it that the sanctify the streams of Jordan, sending down from on high the most holy spirit, and Thou hast broken the heads of the dragons hidden therein. Again, Psalms. Some contemporary versions like to take things out, like dragons. They're like, there's no such thing as dragons, so they take it out. That's not the point. The dragons is this idea of like demonic, of the chaos, of the behemoth, like the, um, oh, what is it in Job, right? The, uh, Leviathan. the Leviathan, right? Like, that is the idea. That's why also water, what is water in the Psalms uh, and a lot of the Old Testament? Like death, chaos. death, chaos, which you've been to an ocean, right? <coughs> it's pretty, f- well, you're from Jamaica, so. <laughs> but there is something about like, if it's just you and then the water gets starting to get choppy, even if it's not choppy, besides the things floating in it, uh, swimming in it, it's very other, right? So think if you're an Israelite, you're not a Phoenician, <laughs> you're not a Cretan, water is scary. So water has all of these fascinating qualities to it, right? You need it to live. But it can also kill you very easily. If you drown, right? Like So all of these themes are floating around for to... Uh, what do you think... Uh, we drink the water after it's been blessed, right? Because today, 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 we say this is Jordan water. It's colloquial in a lot of Orthodox contexts. Not every single one, but they'll say, like, Jordan water is going to be brought to your home for the house blessing. Because say, this is the water of Jordan. So we ask, let's go to the third page. It's the same thing where we ask, O King who lovest mankind, do thou thyself present now as then the, through the descent of the Holy Spirit to sanctify this water. What is going on? The very top, that front, the very top prayer. What does that sound like? It sounds like baptism. But there's also something else that happens. The same later, do the same thing. Do thou thyself a master now as then sanctify this water by thy Holy Spirit. Yes, right? You are blessing, you are sanctifying. Almost every sacramental act has thrice aspect to it. So you're baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that is an ancient practice. That's not just like we made that up in the 16th century. If you read 2nd, 3rd century stuff, it is going on. You are baptized, immersed three times. The one-time thing is a newer thing. Uh... You have always, even confession, I make the sign of the cross over you. There is always a sealing with the sign of the cross. 
with in the name of Jesus, right? So just like the Eucharist, uh, whenever something is blessed, uh, whenever you're calling down the Holy Spirit, right, to change this into, so yes, it echoes the Eucharist, the transformation of this into. So the way Basil talks about this, I don't know if you've, some of you have been to Basil's liturgy, this language that we use, that changes it into something else, Basil doesn't actually really talk like that. Basil says, show this to be something that basically already can with that. Where is God? Let me just. Yes, I like that. Yes. Right. So you and you're asking him to change this thing, making this change by the Holy Spirit and Chrysostom. Basil doesn't use that language. It said he says, uh, show this to be the bread and the want the blood shed for the life of the world right it is show these things to manifest the god who is already present so yes there's like transformation but it's not like becoming something else in this it is but it's really also showing what nature what created order is for which is the presence of god does that make sense so as you can see this prayer here at the top of the third page and confer upon it the grace of redemption, the blessing of the Jordan, make it a source of incorruption, a gift of sanctification, a remission of sins, a protection against disease, a destruction to demons, and accessible to the adverse powers and filled with angelic strength. There is uh, the practice, this is why we have holy water out, people, um, they'll take the antiteron, the prosper that they brought, or they'll take in Tiran, and now the first things they do are their morning prayers. Uh, after their morning prayers, or even before, they'll eat a little bit of that in Tiran or the prosper that they had for commemorations, and they'll drink some holy water. And it's like regrounding constantly in the Eucharistic and baptismal realities of the Christian life. Not just baptismal as in just like our baptism, but just the fact of God's creative, redemptive power, right? Again, this isn't magic. (laughs) It is something that we give great honor and deference. You don't go pour your holy water down the sink, right? You don't just flippantly do whatever. If you're going to dispose of something, this is something, anything that's been blessed, uh, we either bury it, burn it, or like with water, uh, we put it in a place like on plants somewhere that nobody's going to walk all over it, but something that can still obviously give life to something else. So like if I have a teeter on leftover, uh, I'll go out and throw it uh, basically into where nobody is going to be so that animals can come and eat it. Sorry, I'm talking like a million miles a minute here. Um, it does say Noah here in this one. Who just drowned sin through water in the days of Noah. But that's like the only time Noah is mentioned that I know of. There's nothing else. Any questions? I'm going to guess nobody's really done Theophany before unless outside of Roman Catholic or like Anglican. So this is a big deal to Orthodox. <laughs> uh, sign up for a house blessing. Uh... uh I would, um, the practice of holy water, um, there is especially a remembrance of your baptism. Uh, if you haven't been baptized, looking forward to your baptism. Um, are there any questions about theophany?
Yeah. 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 I don't see why not. Yep. Do you keep a reservoir of holy water or some? Yep. That's what. That's what the the glass cut font looking thing up at the front is. It's good to get a bottle and keep some at home with you. We usually have bottles. Deacon has been putting them out, and people have been taking them home, which is great. That's what they're there for. But because we started doing that, we don't have any anymore. <laughs> there was a whole box of like, it seemed like 100, but apparently they're all gone now. So otherwise we would have put that out. So I would suggest next week come to church, the next time you come to church, bring with you a dedicated, like, yeah, that's what we have. But you can bring, you can kind of, you know, clean up maybe uh, an old olive oil bottle or something like that uh, and, you know, take off the labels and stuff like that make it look pretty there, you can buy like I'm not saying you have to do this but dolled up stuff that you can buy for like $45 and it's from Greece and it's probably worth 12 just to be honest okay it's basically a dolled up look like it has an icon on some kind of you know uh, item so bring something take holy water home any questions Yes. Um, it's uh, after the Our Father. Um, they talking about the language. What, what are those languages? Well, it's what's he saying also, or just the idea? Like, it's Romanian and Slavonic. Okay. It's just repeating the Our Father for them, okay. for folks who do those languages, because okay. we don't really do any other languages, mm-hmm. and there's enough folks here who grew up praying in those languages, so we do it for them. Okay. You go to a lot of churches, and at the Our Father, they'll do. Uh, if there's a significant number of folks, you can hear Arabic, you can hear Greek, you can hear all sorts of different stuff. Kind of like at Pascha, we, when we do Christ is Risen, the, we try to do a smattering of all sorts of different languages. Because here at St. Anne's, we actually have a lot of representation of a lot of different languages, or people speak a lot of different languages. Yeah. It's also kind of the Catholicity of the church. It just kind of, And there's something about Pascha, too, doing it then. Alright, well next week we're going to go over two chapters since we didn't meet last week because it was the first and I think like 5% of people, 10% of people were here. Uh, But next week Rita Gregory will be going over two chapters uh, and then I'm going to try to see about uh, what the next few chapters after that because I want to prepare you guys for Lent because Lent is coming very quickly. And I want to talk about Lent because Lent, we've been, you've been learning and getting used to a cycle and Lent has more stuff going on. And so we need to talk about it and prepare you for that ahead of time. Because otherwise it'll take you four weeks to get even prepared or adjusted to what's going on. Okay. All right. If you could just make a pause. Uh, if you have any questions about house blessings, talk to some of the member here. Um, about it. Um, it. It's nothing to be intimidated over. Uh, the priest will go into every room of your house and bless everything there. Uh, and uh, he's also the man that we confess our sins to. So um, you, you can't shock him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll end with prayer. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes is seen with salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.